All right, everybody, welcome back. This is episode number eight of the Good Old Hockey Podcast here with Galley and myself, Sean. Uh, hope you guys all had a great Thanksgiving. I know I did. Galley, I'm sure you did as well. Um, got some good food, everything like that. We got some hockey, but before that, let's talk about our Thanksgiving. How was, like, what was, what was your favorite dish that you had this last Thursday? Dude. Favorite dish? I'm just big. Like honestly, I don't really fuck with turkey too hard outside of Thanksgiving time. But mm-hmm. uh, dude, turkey, turkey and gravy, turkey and gravy, mashed potatoes and gravy, like the the, the basic two ones for for you know every every Thanksgiving yeah. dinner. But uh, I'll tell you one thing. I went back to Montana for Thanksgiving and um, the weekend, and super kick ass seeing some friends there and shit. It wasn't too cold, wasn't too snowy. I've gone up there before, and it's like a fucking blizzard and the most terrifying roads and yeah my little ford focus but um yeah no going up to montana we uh my friends and i we fried a deep fried a turkey and have Ooh. you ever deep fried a turkey before no i haven't so it's pretty sketchy it's like you have to get a yeah. whole big ass pot of peanut oil and basically dip this turkey in and if mm-hmm. it's not one if it's not like thought enough like completely thought enough yeah oil and nice. water react yeah. that shit will fucking blow up yeah. So like there's a lot of times where like, you know, it goes south, the deep fried yeah. turkey. Up in flames. Last yeah. year was our first year doing it. Um, second year was this year and went flawless. Honestly, it's hard to eat a baked turkey after deep fried a turkey. Deep fried turkeys are just so fucking good. So yeah. I mean, in specific, deep fried turkey is my favorite Thanksgiving dish by a fucking mile. Yeah, so. I've never I don't think I've ever had fried turkey or wasn't aware that it was maybe when I was younger, but yeah, I've, I've seen videos of people dropping that Turkey in and it blows over <laughs> with, uh, well flames and also just the oil in general. Um, it's pretty sketchy yeah. to do, but one thing that's cool is like, you can, we, we, we like did fried pickles that were like the best fried pickles I've ever had. Cause it was like, I've yeah. never done homemade fried pickles before. We were like f- deep frying Oreos, deep frying Twinkies, all sorts of shit. It was, it's a good time to deep fry a Turkey, but, um, Oh, yeah. yeah, it was good. Good. Besides that, went out to the bars with all my friends in high from nice. high school and got a got a good friend group back in Montana and always good seeing those boys. So, but yeah, what's what's your favorite Thanksgiving dish? Ooh, I think so. We did. Uh, we didn't have turkey, which was like something I wasn't used to or I was like, I was not really like taken back by it, but <clears throat> we'd had these like, I don't know what they were. They're like pork. They're really good. My uncle, he's a chef. Um, both my uncles actually have a restaurant down in Geyserville, California, which is like 30, 40 minutes away from Santa Rosa. Uh, so Northern California. And <clears throat> their restaurant is amazing. My One of my uncles, he had this Geyserville cheesesteak that he made. It was, like, it was just a tri-tip sandwich with provolone. It was really good. But that was at his restaurant. But for dinner or Thanksgiving dinner, I think the best thing I had was the stuffing. Honestly, that is so good. And it was mixed. Uh, what did I have it with? Brussels sprouts too, which I don't normally eat, but I was like, eh, it's Thanksgiving. I'll try it. You know, can't really be that bad. Um, and yeah, it was honestly really good. I, but I would say, yeah, the stuffing was probably my favorite part. Um, Fuck yeah. Dude. With that. I'm like not the biggest stuffing guy, but it's, it's okay. It's just something yeah. about the texture. I'm like, uh, it's a weird. Yeah. So this stuffing texture. wasn't, yeah, I've had stuffing before where I was just like, like it's just kind of mushy. <laughs> this stuffing was like cooked perfect. It was like 
crispy enough, not like crunchy, but crispy enough. Had a little bit of a kick to it too with some spice, which I like. Um, Fuck yeah. In stuffing, like there's got to be some kick to it, especially I mean, with anything. I like my stuff a little bit spicier, at least just have some sort of like pepper stuff in it. Um, but yeah, I would say that was my best favorite one uh, dish that I had. But um, yeah, definitely had a good time uh, with family and stuff like that. Um, good okay. to see. Uh, my uncle actually, he might be listening to this at whatever time. So shout out Uncle Chris. But um, he was saying how he listens to our podcast um, when he's going to sleep. He just like kind of has it on his background noise. So uh, if you fall asleep to this, Uncle Chris, thanks for listening to us. Um, but yeah, that was cool to hear. Um, That's awesome. About stuff like that. Um, I got to yeah, check anyways. out the restaurant, man. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone, if you guys are in Geyserville, which is around, it's like Napa area um, in wine country, Corner Project, Ales and Eats, great restaurant. Um, open Wednesday through Sunday to like eight, I think. Um, but yeah, great place. Ales and Eats. I love that. That's a great name. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a perfect little setup too. It's like, it's a small little town. It's not um, like their downtown is only, I mean, maybe block and a half, two blocks. Um, but all those yeah. places around there, great food, everything like that. So cool place, but enough of that Thanksgiving talk. We did have some good hockey. Um, I was watching some that I could, uh, when I was down there. Um, but yeah, we've got some, what are we at right now? So we're 20 games. Most teams are at like 20 games right now, which is right around the quarter mark for the season. Uh, so what we're going to do today is kind of look back on, the predictions that we had kind of made in the beginning of the season, see how they're turning out uh, with what it looks like now. Um, so let's see here. I'm going to pull up Q1 standings right done. now. Yeah, Q1, Q1 done. quarter Q2. one of hockey. There's just some Q2 predictions coming up yeah. for, the, for yeah. the halfway point. Yeah, let me get rid of our faces. All right, <clears throat> so actually, no, I'm not. <laughs> the first <laughs> shocker that we, I think both you and I had said, were the Bruins. Um, we didn't really have them riding that high, at least with the record. Why? I think we had said that they're going to kind of be a bubble team and maybe fit into the playoffs, maybe be at that three spot. Clearly, we were wrong on that. Uh, they started off super hot, as we all know. So that was one thing that we messed up. Um, also, the Panthers, no, too. Like I think we had it. said... I think we had said the Panthers were going to not make the playoffs or, I mean, still could happen, but we didn't think that they were going to be sitting number two in the Atlantic with how loaded this place or this division is. Um, Red Wings, I think we were pretty spot on on that. I would say we kind of had them in around that spot. Same with Tampa, maybe not at four, but they are, I mean, they're all tied for second three and four. So it's not like we were totally off on that. Uh, Maple Leafs. Same thing. I mean, they're all sitting yeah, the pretty Leafs, close to each other. I picked the Leafs first. I think we both picked the Leafs first in this division. Oh, we did. I'm like, damn. Yeah. 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 So that was another one when we had. Um, but Sabres I mean, one. I Leafs was... are only two, yeah. two points out of second place. So oh, there's exactly. a lot of movement. It's still a pretty pretty tight division just yeah. besides the Bruins. We did get that right. We, we, we butchered right. the Bruins prediction. We were, all, we were both like, dude, no yeah. way. No yeah. way. But uh, yeah, man, I... I see the Bruins continuing this the whole season. I don't think they're going to break good. their record as last last year, but no. Um, I think by the halfway point, they're 
they're going to be sitting good. And my prediction is that the Panthers are going to fall by the halfway point. I can see okay. the Lightning moving into the top three. Um, yeah. And I can see the Wings and Leafs kind of bouncing around in that, that three spot. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think the Panthers... Are, I think they could stay at that four spot even. They could get a wild card bid. Um, but halfway point, I guess we'll never know. But... Another team I know I got wrong and I was riding high on was the Sabres and the Senators to kind of be a little bit better than they have. I will say the Sabres did have a rough start. Um, they've kind of picked it back up a little bit. But again, they're I mean, they're only five points behind the Panthers in second. So not too often. But yeah, I mean, ultimately what we did get right about the Atlantic is that it's going to be a tight race. And I think it's going to stay like that for the rest of the year. Um, definitely at the half waypoint i think all these teams are going to be mixed up together but i do think it's still going to be close yeah where the fuck is patty kane gonna go is he gonna go to the sabers also where's phil kessel gonna go that's something that is bugging me wait it's <laughs> yeah. like phil kessel's phil kessel's a good hockey player i don't know if he it's is. his agent or if he's asking for too much money i don't necessarily think he is but i feel like any team he's gonna get on he's gonna make an impact um, yeah like i feel like he'd be great on the the Panthers are shit. He'd be good on the Bruins. He cool. was on the Bruins before. So yeah, um, it's going to be interesting to see where Kessel back. lands. I think Kessel might be almost, I wouldn't say he's going to be more of an impact player than Kane, but Kane is coming off a pretty big injury. I'm pretty sure. Correct. Yeah. I think, I mean, Kane or, I don't know. We'll have to see. Cause I think he's still like kind of recovering. So I think that's why he hasn't really chosen a team. I also think he's kind of waiting for the season to, play out a little bit more and see where these teams are at, which I don't blame him because if he had gone to Buffalo and I mean, Tage is out for, I don't know how long, but I know it's a long time Yeah, for the Sabres. So that probably has some thing to do with his decision. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, we'll see where he's at. Maybe by the, by Q2 of the season, we'll have it, have him at a team, but we'll see. Uh, Montreal, we kind of expected this. Well, actually they did have a good start. So I was kind of expecting a little bit less from them. Um, but they're kind of back on track with what we thought being seventh right now. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Sens, we'll see where that <clears throat> lines up and where everything else is. But, yeah, so that's Atlantic. We'll go to Metro that's crazy. Now. The Sens only have 16 games played. It's like got to yeah, be the lowest 16 in the points. Oh, my God, yeah. I don't know why that is. <laughs> yeah, it's just an interesting schedule for the Sens. Yeah, they're not even at the quarter point yet, so I guess they don't really count. Almost there. Almost there. Uh, the next one, the Metro. I don't know or remember really what we had said, but I don't think we had the Rangers at top of the division. No, dude. I think I said the Devils 100% yeah. the Devils in yeah, first we did. place. I think I did too. Um, um, I, th- I think I said the Rangers mid of the pack, but yeah, the Rangers are, are looking good. I think they're going to dominate. And honestly, like they're number one right now. Oh no, they're tied with Boston, thirty-one. Yeah, I mean, honestly, for for Q two and midpoint season, I think they're going to continue it. But it's kind of one of those. I feel like it's one of those divisions that has a lot of potential. And this is kind of a bold prediction, but I I can see the Pens moving up into top three. I feel like they've been starting to pick back up more speed. Yeah. I think Crosby in first time in his career is kind of underrated. Um, yeah, and they're they're a bunch of old fucks over there in, in Pittsburgh, so I think they're gonna they're gonna pick up some steam, and I I can see them 
either if it's either at the mid midway point or by trade deadline, I think they're going to be at least in playoff contention. I don't think they're going to yeah. take the number one spot. Um, but my bold prediction is that the, the Pens are going to get back into the mix. Um, I also see the Capitals are, are moving up quite a bit. I mean, they're, you know, only two points out of second place. So, yeah, um, going to be going to be interesting to see. I mean, shit, Pens are only four points out of second place. So, yeah, I think this is another tight division, too. Um, yeah, we'll see how the time. other ones are. I haven't really looked, but another Besides Flyers. Blue Jackets. <laughs> yeah, the Blue Jackets. I would have switched. I think for our predictions, I would have thought at this point, if you had me take a guess, I wouldn't be shocked by a lot of these. I would be shocked by the Flyers and I would be shocked again by the Blue Jackets. If you flip them, I would be like, okay, that's fair. Yeah. I didn't here. think the Flyers were going to get off to I – mean, they had a good hot start. Um, but, yeah, Columbus and even New Jersey. I didn't – I think if you told me New Jersey was going to be seventh 20 games in, I'd be kind of shocked. Obviously, with them losing Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer, too, for a little bit, um, that probably has something to do with them sitting at that spot right now. So I think by quarter two, if we had to look at it, I think – I think, yeah, I think the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Devils are going to be a little bit more on top. I don't know, though. I mean, I could see the Flyers dropping. I could see the Capitals dropping, too. But, I mean, same with, like, this is another good division, too. Islanders are a good team, Mm -hmm. especially with their goaltender. Um, Yeah, Sorokin's insane, dude. Yeah. I think it's a matter of time before he wins a Vesna. Yeah. Also, I just noticed this. Pittsburgh is 10-10 and right now. But they have a plus eleven goal differential, which is second best in all the metro. Kind of crazy they're sitting at six. Um, mm-hmm. Then, geez, Blue I Jackets. Like I, I had the pens pretty high too. I feel like I was that they're going to be in the yeah. mix as well for first place, and they've been they've been kind of a disappointment so far this season. But I can see them picking back up at least by the midway point yeah. or trade deadline. So, no, I agree. I think I think I'd said the Penguins weren't going to be. I didn't think they were going to be doing as well. Um, or I would say I had them like right around here just because I didn't think that adding Carlson and I just think them as a whole team, I didn't really think they were going to do a whole lot or just that they have this aging team, but I will say Sidney Crosby is having a great start as well, um, to the season, which I don't think I would have predicted. Um, but I guess you can't really count sit out, but yeah, for the Metro, I would say New Jersey's going to climb back up. Pittsburgh's going to climb back up. I think the Flyers are going to start dropping, and we'll see what these two. I think it's going to be a tight race in the Metro as well. Yeah, no, the Metro is a tight division besides first place right now. I mean, yeah. the Devils are still interestingly in the mix, even though yeah. they've been dragging lately. But I, mean, I feel like the Devils points. are so inconsistent. I feel like it's like yeah. they're. It's going to be an interesting rest of the year for the Devils because I feel like a lot of people put them at the top with the Hughes brothers being on their team. And I think Jesse when Jack Pratt's having a killer year, Nico Heeshear. So it's going to be interesting to see how they're doing. Yeah. I don't know. Do you know when Jack is supposed to come back? I'm a little unsure. I feel like he's week to week, though. I feel like it's not a long term in- injury. Let's see. Jack Hughes return. Uh, oh, is he back yet? Hughes returns to the lineup Saturday. This was written on November 19th of 
Oh, so is he playing again? Am I that dumb? Oh, he is playing again. Okay. Well, I sound like an idiot. But yeah, I think <laughs> while he was gone, I think they kind of had a little bit of a rough patch. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But moving on to the Western Conference. Got the Central here. I think we were pretty spot on with the Abs and the Stars being pretty close up at one and two. I think it's going to remain like that for the rest of the season as well. I think the one surprise the Jets. I feel like yeah. the Jets pretty low. And um, for some reason, I was just Bedardsky. I thought he was going to carry the Hawks. And they're, <laughs> I think, the worst team in the league right now. No, I no the Sharks are. Oh, Sharks. the Sharks are. Yeah. Sorry, by two points, though. That's Yeah, no, it's not, true. That's not much. Not by a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think Chicago's still going through that rebuild. So with, I mean, you can't expect one player to turn your franchise around, especially one that just didn't have anything. Um, so I think, I mean, after next year and the year after that, I think once they start getting some more pieces, I think it'll all even out. And Chicago will, will be back. Um, but, <clears throat> I mean... This is still well. Predators and Coyotes are six points behind the third spot. Yeah, only the Jets two are points behind the Blues. Two and zero in their last ten. That's pretty, pretty okay. crazy. Yeah, they are. Damn. I mean, the Jets um, are a huge surprise. I think the Blues are even a pretty big surprise too. I mean, I feel like a lot of people have the Blues not even close to in contention right now. But yeah, not necessarily I think... would I say they're that good. I feel like they're going to fall pretty hard by the midway yeah. point. I think they're one of the teams that's going to fall. Um, I, I do think... see the Coyotes sneaking up a little bit. Yeah. I did say they beat the, the Knights 2 0. Yeah. I don't know if it was a couple of nights Shut ago, them out. but that's a, that's a huge fucking win. Yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. Even the Wild, too. I mean, I think both of these teams here, I think, could kind of take over these two spots here with the Blues and the Preds. I don't think the Predators, I mean, they've got a good team, but I just don't think as a whole. I don't know. I I see these two, Arizona and Minnesota, coming back. I think they've had – Arizona hasn't been doing terrible. Minnesota has not been doing very well at all. Um, But, yeah, I think by halftime, I think we could see the Blues and the Preds falling, but I see the Coyotes in the wild picking it back up. I don't see the Chicago Blackhawks coming up. Um, I really don't. I think they're going to get – Maybe the third or fourth pick. If they get the number one pick again, I'm going to throw my TV. If <laughs> the Sharks are last place and they get the first overall pick, Macklin Celebrini, I will throw my TV through the wall. Yeah, Celebrini um, is fucking lighting it up right now. Yeah, in college. Um, which maybe one of these episodes we should do a little <clears throat> NCAA recap and just look at some of the players that are doing totally, totally. well. Um, but yeah, I think for the Central... For the most part, I think we were pretty spot on. Maybe Minnesota. I think we had them a little bit higher. And obviously, like these teams are always going to be kind of flip-flopping. But Winnipeg, yeah. I would say, is the big surprise. These two, I'm not very surprised at all. Um, I think the Pacific is where we get the most confusion or the best – or not confusion, but um, what we were wrong about, I guess – I I know we had the Knights at the top spot. I don't think that we had Los Angeles there or Los Angeles or Vancouver in the spots that they're in now. 
Mm-hmm. I think we had Edmonton fighting the the one spot with the Knights, and clearly they have not figured it out. They're 15 points behind the Knights, which is crazy. Um, behind that one spot, <clears throat> the Sharks. I knew that that was going to happen. Um, but Calgary, they've been how old are they right now? Five, three, and two in their last. They're 10. mid, man. They're so mid. I mean, they yeah. they some nights they look legit, and some nights yeah. they look like absolute shit. Funny story yeah. about the Calgary Flames. They they signed an amateur or uh, a PTO for some goalie because their uh, Jacob Markstrom got a came down with the flu and decided to tell the Flames last second zero zero oh. 12 minutes uh, to play in the first. So that's pretty good for uh, amateur. Trial. How many saves do you have? I actually think that. Pardon me, I was completely wrong on this. He, they were signed. They signed him to back him up. I think Bladar is starting for them. So okay, okay. That I just saw that that was like a news headline that they they signed this, you know, e bug, and I was like, holy yeah. shit, the Flames are about to lose yeah. ten to zero tonight against yeah. the Knights. But yeah, yeah no, the Flames probably... are yeah the Flames are inconsistent, man, and they're mediocre at the moment. They could yeah. really swing things around. I know I had a dumbass prediction and was biased towards the Flames and said <laughs> they were gonna they're gonna land in first place or second place You're just or being some a good shit. Fan. They're gonna make the playoffs. You're being a good um, fan is what you were doing. But hey, it's still possible. Yeah. Out of all of these teams that I start seeing heating up, I hate to say it, but I think the Oilers gotta start moving. Yeah. Um I hope I jinx them by saying this, but yeah. Um I could see the the Oilers and Flames start start doing it in work, but uh yeah, dude, the Kings, huge surprise. I know I was talking about the Canucks and said this is kind of a big year yeah, for them. And they that is true. I remember you saying that. Noise. Yeah. Um, but it's still going to be interesting to see if they're going to be able to continue it. And it's crazy to see that the Knights are kind of taking a step back in a way. I mean, they're only one point ahead of the Nucks and the Kings they're, for first place. So Knights are 4-5-1 in the last 10. So... Yeah. I think they're maybe just going through a cold. I think they're going to, at half point, I think it's going to be the Knights. I think it's going to be the Canucks and the Kings. But that four spot could be taken by Edmonton if they figure out what the fuck is going on over there. Because, <clears throat> I mean, obviously we all know they're a horrible start. Um, but if they can figure it out, I think by halftime, midway point in the season, I think we could see them in the four or five spot. Um, I mean, these three teams, it's just the crack in the flames and the ducks is going to be tough to kind of figure out and see who's going to take that four spot. I think these three are a lock here. Um, maybe some switching between the Kings and the Canucks, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think these three teams are going to sit in the middle. Maybe they can hope for that wild card spot at that half point time. And I think the sharks are going to continue to suck and I'm okay with it. I've accepted it. Yeah, the wild card spot's gonna be very interesting in the West. Yeah, there might be like a fucking five hundred team that sneaks in. There. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it all depends on the Central too. Because let's see, so twenty three, twenty one. So right now it would be the Blues and the Kraken for that wild card spot. But the Predators and the Coyotes aren't that far behind either. Neither are the Flames. Really, they're only one yeah, point hey. behind. Flames are still in the mix a little bit, very yeah. weirdly. But Ducks are at eighteen. I really hope they win tonight. If they win against the Knights, that's Ooh. gonna be fucking awesome. Yeah, but that'll we'll, be a big win for them. We'll see. Yeah, but I think overall, I think we, I think okay. Nate, what's your biggest 
shocker of this season um, from our predictions? Like, what would you say is the biggest shocker out of all these standings? Oof, dude, I gotta say... I gotta say the... Mm, I gotta say the Penguins, dude. Penguins, they started? The Penguins had a... I mean, I just think the Penguins, I, I had the Penguins doing a lot better and um, being one of the dominant teams in the East just with their, their experience and their offensive strength on their, their team. And, um, you know, I, necessarily they're not out of it completely. Um, but, you know, those, I think even the Devils, you could throw them in there too. That's that's two huge surprises for me. Um, if I would have, if I had a narrow down to one though i mean shit probably say the penguins i just i thought they were going to do a lot better when they're coming off with you know malkin crosby and the the previous norris winner um yeah you you just think that they're going to be crushing um at least you know the flyers and um islanders and blue jackets and you know they are crushing the blue jackets but everyone is um but I think those are some surprises to me. It's pretty surprising to see the Devils, how they just slid from... They were at the top of the division, I would yeah. say, first few games in. And um, they've just been playing like shit lately. So yeah, it's pretty pretty damn interesting. And, um, you know, also, I know we mentioned it too, the Bruins. It's pretty crazy. I mean, from our predictions, the Bruins is... Yeah, uh, that one's mine. That's I nuts. think that's but the biggest yeah, shot. Sorry, I kind of just went no, off yeah. and said three things. But yeah, out of <laughs> any of them, I'd say Penguins. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm going to say Boston specifically because I took that account into account for my fantasy team. I didn't pick Poshnok at three. I took Kachuk, which was a big mistake for me. <clears throat> we'll see if it plays out the rest of the season. But I mean, Matty Kachuk's just not really doing a whole lot. He I just got a notification. He got one assist tonight in 11 penalty minutes. So, yeah, looks like he – I don't know. How would you get even 11 – he got in a fight probably, or got a five minute, and then yeah, he had what, to get three, three penalties. penalties in a five minute, or shit, yeah. So a fight. I think that's the only way. Three penalties is the only way. I think. Yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I just didn't think they were gonna come out to that hot start, um, like that. But still got a lot of runway left. Um, who knows? Maybe at the half point, we could see another shock to our. Um, predictions and everything and see what this league shakes up. But never no, no mind of that, that was our predictions or just like what Gally and I had talked about before. We had just said like we kind of wanted to see how our predictions were doing now that we hit the quarter point in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys have anything, let us know. Comment on something. Swipe up. Text us. Whatever it is. If you guys have <clears throat> have any surprises or predictions that you guys think. <laughs> let us know let us know that you're listening um yeah, fingers but, crossed for the flames yeah being a little bit better stop being yeah. fucking mediocre so yeah <laughs> uh but next we're gonna do hot or not so we did this last week uh this week is gonna change it up a bit um try to do different teams um and we're just gonna try to do this through the season to kind of talk a little bit more about like storylines and stuff but there's one returning name i want to talk about because i know last time we had said that he was warm or i had said that he was warming up galley you said that he was not hot but since you recorded 
Connor McDavid has scored 10 points in three games. He had a five-point night the other night, which is crazy. Um, I think I saw something that's like his sixth of his career that he got a five-point night. Um, but what's your what's your uh, take for Connor McDavid? Is he hot or is he not? I'm going to have to switch it up, and I'm going to say he's hot. Yeah, I don't think he's as hot as last year, but um, no. yeah, I think he's he's starting to pick back up. He's finding his game. Will it translate into Oilers' success is the question. Yeah. I just I don't see it translating into Oilers' success. I just think that they're, as a team, they're just not as good um, mm-hmm. as they were last year, and I feel like they're still trying to find their identity, so that could – that could definitely change by, you know, the trade deadline mid, mid midway point even too. Um, but I just feel like this this start that they've started out on, or this, you know, this start that the Oilers have had is yeah. it's bad for their morale. Um, but, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl, they should have been putting up the points before. I know Dreisaitl was, but um, McDavid's back into the mix. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd predict them staying hot those two yeah um and i'd I'd say the oilers probably could follow that success but i just i feel like their luck this season's not gonna it's not gonna be there until they can figure out that damn goalie situation i don't know that anything's gonna fix no matter how many points mcdavid or dry put up it's not a gonna win you a cup clearly we saw that last year last playoffs um yeah and yeah i think I don't know. I mean, I think it's good for him. And I will say this. I know a lot of people don't necessarily like McDavid or think that he's a fraud or whatever it is. I will say what's good for the game is when that guy is firing on all cylinders and putting up highlights on ESPN. It's just, it's good for the game. You know, I mean, yeah, I know Nikita Kucherov's leading right now and we're going to talk about him, but if he's leading the league, no one gives a shit. If Connor McDavid is scoring 160 points in a season, like that's just good for hockey. It's good for the game to keep getting better. And right now, like I think we are in a golden age of hockey where the talent is unmatched to any other point in history. But for that to continue to happen, we need to have these guys like Connor Bedard or like Jack Hughes with his interviews and everything like that. I just think it's important for the game to have those guys that are doing lighting it up and i mean it's just like any other sport like everyone hated brady everyone hates lebron everyone i don't really know how they felt about jordan i wasn't alive but um yeah i mean i think obviously there's always going to be people hating on him and stuff like that because he's a good player but yeah i think I'm he's hot of, for I'm now part of that group because yeah. he's he's on the oilers i think that, yeah I think I would for like you it's a little different lot. i think it's hard to but... Yeah, yeah, it's it hard to sucks like a guy that he's on, on the that Oilers, team. man. Yeah. But I respect him. I respect him, yeah. but I dislike yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. He would be like try to think. Um like if he, I mean, I mean Tom Brady's sh- a great example, man. But the thing yeah. about McDavid is he needs to start producing cups if he's gonna be yeah. up there in the discussions as one yeah. of the greatest. I think he's gonna put up a lot of points in his career, but yeah. I mean, if he keeps this up, I mean he's got a long career ahead of him. So he does. It's TBD, but yeah. holy shit! I mean, the Oilers are still a little bit scary. I mean, the one one surprise for the Oilers is Evan Bouchard. 
Um, he's having a great year. The he defenseman, yeah. he's he's point per game. I think he's up there with. I think he want to say he's top five in defenseman for points, but he's having an excellent year so far. But I mean, the top six players for the Oilers, um, kind of hovering around a point per game or more, and then it drops off so hard to like eight points, um, for a few players, and then four points. So they're as a team, they just need to kind of get stronger and start yeah. distributing those points besides just McDavid and Drysdale. And I, I don't think teams have necessarily found out what they're like. I think they're still got a lot of tricks in their, in their bag, but um, I do think that them being in the league, the, some of the best defensemen do know how to defend against them. Um, yeah. Just in my opinion, I haven't seen as much McDavid crazy fast rushes this year or anything. Mm-hmm. To be fair, I haven't watched his past three games, especially his five point yeah. night. That's probably one of those times he did that. But going back to what you said about the the goaltending situation, that's so big for the Oilers, and yeah. they're going to have to figure that out. Um, yeah, or they're not going to make the playoffs, which is that's going to be pretty disappointing for the Oilers fans and yeah. the NHL in general, and especially you know McDavid and Drysaddle's legacy. So, I think if they don't make the playoffs this year, we could see a headline about him talking about a trade or something because I mean I think hockey's a little bit I don't know I mean I think with Brady like yeah he's got six rings but that's like that's a whole team thing like I don't think that was just because of Brady like he had a great supporting cast around him I think McDavid has been fucked with his supporting cast um, yeah 100%. I think with recent years he's been I mean obviously he has dry saddle next to him so it's not like he's playing out in the middle of nowhere by himself. You know, he's got a decent cast around him, but I think like even like Gretzky and all these guys, like Gretzky only won a cup with the Oilers. After that, he didn't win another cup with all the other yeah. three teams he played for. So I think hockey is just interesting with that. And I mean, what Sid's got three, Ophie's got only one cup, but mm-hmm. he's a goat. So, I mean, you just got to get that one, that one cup. And I think it's, um, yeah, and I, I think that, you know, he's not going to be going down as like, oh, he's a bad player. I just yeah. think it helps your your legacy oh, yeah. in a team sport to be yeah. um, a good teammate, yeah. you know, to bring your team to success. Because, yeah. I mean, you, you can look at Crosby or McDavid, or pardon me, Crosby or Gretzky or Lemieux or Ovechkin even, um, and be like, you know, they were enough, big enough leaders to lead their teams to cups, which yeah. is the ultimate goal in any team yeah, sport, that's true. So, especially hockey. So, um, and it's, it's something different. Stanley cup is, you gotta be, it's the yeah. hardest trophy in sports to win. So, yeah. Um, I, I do really think that that's going to tarnish their legacy if it doesn't, they don't get it, but, um, holy shit, the Oilers just need to like get gifted with a, with a really good goalie if they want any success. Yeah. Cause they or are even just have like a, hot right now, even have like a two goalie setup where, like Boston has, like those two, like Swayman and Allmark, they're great goalies. But I think if they're on any other team, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. Yeah, you know. So I think it's just that 100%. supporting cast around them, just figuring something out. But uh, next one is Minnesota. So we kind of talked about them in our predictions, but <clears throat> they fired their head coach today, right? Yeah, Dean Evans got fired. John Hines got hired. Um, they started off, you know very bad start and 
I think the Wild are a decent team. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, I mean, they got the Hall of Fame goalie in in the back. I think their yeah. defense is pretty pretty good as well. Um, but you know, just having you know a player like Kaprizov. I mean, Kaprizov's been quiet. I feel like no one's really been talking about him. Yeah. Um, Zuccarello's on their team as well. Um, Fiala's not on the team anymore. He's he's on the Kings. No, he's Kings. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But. And then Matt Boldy, too. He had such a good year last year, and he's been super quiet. I have him yeah. on my fantasy, and he's been not putting up shit for points. And, um, you know, there's a lot of players underperforming on the, the Wild, so I think they do. They did want to shake up. Um, they did hire John Hines, which he does have some head coaching under his belt um, with both New Jersey and Nashville. More, most recently, um, Nashville last year, he was um, their head coach, but did miss the playoffs with them, so... It's going to be interesting to see what the the Wild do and how they bounce back with a new coach. You know, a lot of the times these teams that are kind of bubble teams will get a new coach and um, they'll make the playoffs and they can make a deep run. But um, like I said in, in the you know midseason predictions, I do see the Wild bouncing back um, just because their division is still a little bit tight um, yeah. from that, you know, where they're at right now. I think they're second to last to a playoff spot. So, mm-hmm. um, I do do really think the Wild are going to improve vastly in the their second quarter of the season. Um, but yeah, I don't know what, what's your take on the Wild. They do have a seven game losing streak. Yeah. I want to say that's second to the San Jose Sharks this year in, in longest yeah. streaks. So. Longest streaks, yeah. I, I mean, I'm going to give them a cold just because of that lost streak um, as of right now. But mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like you said, I think they do have a good solid team around them. I think. I think coaching is something that is huge. Like, obviously it is, but it's like a big factor. And when you got to get a coaching change like that, I think it's going to take them a bit to kind of re what's it called? Like get their feet back and start moving along yeah, uh, with a new coach. But I think it does also do something for the players too. And just kind of light a spark under their ass being like, <laughs> they maybe didn't want their head coach to be fired. But it got to that point, and they're like, "All right, well, we gotta turn this shit around or do something different." Um, kind of like the Oilers situation. I feel like their, yeah. their situation is very, very similar, similar in a way, mm-hmm. but it's I think it's less of a big situation because one, they're not in a Canadian market, but also yeah. they don't have two of the best players in the world. Yeah, not saying Kuzmenko's not good, but <coughs> yeah. I do think that that does put a little less pressure on them to climb back up, and I don't think that. They have too many big juggernauts besides the Stars and the Avs in their their division. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I feel like last year, the couple years before, you know, the, the Wild were in the mix with the Stars and the Avs. Um, yeah. When you're when you're talking about just competitiveness in, in that division and when it came to playoffs. So um, it's going to be very interesting to see what the Wild do. But, yeah, right now they're cold as fuck. But I do think by the midway point this season, I think that could change to at least lukewarm for me. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah, I think right now, as of right now, they are ice cold. But <laughs> I think they can come back. Um, next one on here is Kucherov. Right now he's leading the league in points, 35 points. Big applause to him. hes I mean, he's a great player. Uh, he's got 20 games played, 15 goals, 20 assists with 35 points. He is a plus two. Um I mean, he's doing. Kucherov is lighting the league up. I want to say it was twenty. Yeah. When was the last time when he won the Art Ross that year? 
when he just went off. I think it was 2018-19 yeah. um, was when it was. He scored 128 points that year. Last year, he had a quiet 113 points. So I, I think like a lot of the times, yeah. like, I do think that Kucherov is kind of disregarded as one of the best players because he's, one, I think Russian. I think that, that hurts his, yeah. his reputation. Um, mm-hmm. And I do think he's kind of... I don't think he's the most social person in the locker room either. An yeah. outspoken guy, but holy shit, he is good at fucking hockey. I think he's if he keeps us up, you know, he's gonna go to the Hall of Fame. Um, I mean he's over a point per game in his career. He's got seven hundred and sixty four points in six hundred and sixty four games. Um mm-hmm. this year, I mean, he's looking like he's on pace to finish top three, at least in the art Ross, I think. Right now, he's definitely in talks for the Hart Trophy. Um, yeah, he had a six-point night yesterday or on on the Friday. Yeah, I saw that. Is, that's crazy. I mean, yeah. six-point nights—that's like once in a career for a lot of players. Let alone yeah. if they even get to six points a night. So, yep. for him to be doing that pretty quietly is is insane. I mean, I, I just yeah. think that you know impressive. players like McDavid, if they're you know giving those five-point, six-point nights, they get a lot more attention but oh yeah he um, did i mean mcdavid yeah yeah cooch is is killing it i mean in his last five games he's got last five games he's got 12 points which is nuts i think he's just like such a solid playmaker and like i said in the midseason predictions i think the lightning are gonna follow his success and vasileski coming back be careful of the lightning i think the lightning could really seriously be a threat um for the rest of the season and going into the playoffs because um i just feel like in a way they're a little bit forgotten after they were back-to-back champs um, yeah especially last year and um yeah kucherov extremely hot i think he's going to keep it up throughout the season as long as he doesn't get hurt as long as the fucking lightning don't pull their ir bullshit like they always yeah. do yeah um, yeah but no, I'm I'm happy for him though. It's it's pretty yeah. cool to see see players like him put up this many points and yeah, um, he's kind of an underdog think, in a way for the league. Yeah, I think last year a lot of players got <clears throat> outshined by Mister McDavid, who had 160 points. Yeah, because there was I think there was over, if not close to 10 players with over 100 points. I mean, you have Carlson, uh, Kucherov, McDavid. Dreisaitl. Um There's more players. I can't think of any. But yeah, I, there was... Uh, did I say Carlson already? Yeah, I did. Yeah. There's a lot of players that had over 100 points who kind of got outshined by McDavid's 160 points. So with McDavid not doing anything, yeah. I mean, that's six-point night. I think McDavid had his five-point night on Friday too. But, of course, that gets more attention than he does. Um in an eight to two win. So I don't know. I think, yeah, I would give him definitely a hot right now. Um, and I think he's going to continue like that. And I mean, last uh, he had 113 points last year. So it's not like he's like, he's, if not on pace for that, but you know, um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, he's kind of my favorite right now to win the, you know, the point race of the art Ross. I mean, he's got yeah. a, pretty strong grip on art ross mm-hmm. it's crazy to say quinn hughes is two points behind him kale mccarr's only that five points crazy. behind him it's a year of defenseman yeah. man 
mean, he's it really is K- between Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes. I don't know who's gonna win the Norris because those Dude, the two Norris, players yeah. are absolutely ripping it up. And um, yeah, it's gonna gonna be interesting. But uh, I think Kucherov's gonna keep it up. And like I said, he's for sure gonna finish in the top three if um, he doesn't get hurt. Yeah, the second so the third defenseman goes Quinn Kale. Kale at 30, Quinn at 33. Victor Hedman's the next one at 22. So those two have a pretty sizable lead for that Norris, which I think I think one of those two, if I had to put my money on it, I'd put it on both. <clears throat> one of them. Probably Quinn, just because he has more of like a breakout year. So I think they're going to – they would give it to him over Kale unless Kale finishes a lot more Crazy points than he does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, our next one though, this one's kind of fun. So – it's hot or not, but we're going to do Winter Classic jerseys since they just came out not too long ago, like a week ago. I'll pull them up right here. Um, but the Winter Classic this year being in Seattle, which is pretty close to us, which I really want to go to, but I don't think I'm going to be able to make it work. I don't know if you've looked at tickets to Seattle around Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving, New Year's Day. It's like 120 bucks each way. Um, Jeez. I mean, Which that's is kind of crazy. Too bad, but I no. feel like the tickets have got to be insane to that game. Just yeah, that Seattle's too. fucking expensive, dude. Seattle's yeah. so expensive. Yeah, but if you had to get a hot, a hot or not for each one, which one are you giving the Knights? You can only give one one. Dude, I'm giving the Knights a not. Yeah, <laughs> me too. But I don't know. I, yeah, yeah, I don't know what the fuck the Knights are doing here. And I think everyone kind of agrees. I don't think I've seen anyone say the Knights have a, a sick winter classic jersey. The V yeah. is just like, what the fuck's going on here? I don't know what that's trying to be. It kind of looks like flames here or like an old like artistic drawing, I guess. I don't know. I really don't know what the fuck they're doing. For me, it's – I don't want to sound like a douche, but I don't like seeing winter classic games being played with teams that have been around for five years or less. Six years or less. I agree. I just think it's just like a do a stadium series. That's fine. But I think like Winter Classic should really be those original six teams or any team after that that have actually played in an outdoor game. Um, I get it. They're trying to make Seattle like obviously it's a great PR move and to get Seattle to be on the map and especially these two expansion teams. I think it's a cool idea. Um. But I just, I don't know. It's just the purest. It's like weird to see these jerseys to me. Like, I think I'm going to give the Kraken. I know we both are, but the Kraken definitely get the hot on this one. Their jerseys are just like total throwback, but it's like throwback to what? <laughs> because they're not like they were never <laughs> anything. But I like the idea, like the, the logo with the white text in the middle of it with the stripes, like it's done perfectly. I think it looks super cool. Um I just feel like there's some rivalries the Winter Classic could touch on a little bit. Yeah, even if it was like Seattle and Vancouver, done in Vancouver, I'd be like, Yeah, shit, man. That would be a great... I think that's better than Vegas and Seattle. Yeah. I mean, I just don't really necessarily... Like, there's no... I mean, just because they're the the most recent teams, that's why they're rivals. But, um, yeah, Vancouver and Seattle, that would be a great... Yeah, great matchup. Just because and I think they are. I mean, Vancouver is a huge hockey market, but yeah, then, um, and it has been for decades. And then Seattle's kind of new, but they're you know they're really like a 
very close to each other. Football so. toss away across the border. Like they're super close to each other. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, I think it'd be fun to see those two teams play. And I, I don't know. I know the sharks did a stadium series back in, what was that? 2015. Whenever Levi stadium opened in Santa Clara. Yeah. That was super cool. Like it was stadium series branded. Uh, they played the Kings, which is a big rivalry. Um, but yeah, I want to see more of like the, I mean, I know Pittsburgh's already had one and like a lot of these teams have already had one, but at the end of the day, it's like, well, I still think it'd be really cool to see if they had like a team, even like the heritage classic. I like how they do that with the Canadian teams. Um, who do you know who the stadium series is this year? I don't remember. I don't really remember either. So New Jersey, um, New York. Let's see. Yeah, Flyers versus Devils. It looks like. Ooh, yeah, that, that would be cool. Yeah, that'd be um, a cool one. But yeah, overall, we'll give them a hot. The Kraken and the Vegas Knights, an absolute not. I think the Kraken messed up on their jerseys, though. And here's Do my you? take on it because yeah. I think the crack at Seattle has some pretty deep hockey history that the Metropolitans win the Stanley Cup back in 1918 or 1919, whatever the fuck that was. But I mm-hmm. truly think that their their jerseys are yes to spin off of what their new franchise are is the Kraken and their colors mm-hmm. too. But I mean, I truly think that this is like what their old jerseys looked like. I think they should have just went with those. And I, yeah. I do like the font on these too, that it says Seattle. I yeah. think people would love that in Seattle versus the Kraken yeah. logo, just keeping it the same. Um, Cause it just like, to me, it's like you got the red in there, which is like, okay, that's a throwback to the original team in Seattle. But then yeah. um, the stripe colors are just kind of throwing me off. Like what the fuck's going on here? Yeah. It just seems I get a the necessary. And I, I, I at least wish if they were going to do it, they were just going to keep the background. Yeah, blue. I think if they yeah. went with that solid blue, it looked good. But with them having the stripes in there, it's like, what the hell is going on? It looks like a you know NHL twenty four create your team jersey. In <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think I don't know. Vegas, Vegas is a big no. I don't know how they clear yeah. that. The Kraken. I don't mind them. I kind of see it. I do see the like old throwback with the three colors: the blue the white and then the dark blue with this up here. Like I know I've seen jerseys like that in the past. Um, I didn't know that they had a Seattle team before that. So I guess that's what yeah. they're throwing it back to. Very deep hockey history there. And it's yeah. like, they should have gone back to their history. Cause like, dude, at the time Seattle was winning Stanley cups in 1919, yeah. Vegas was like a small little town in Nevada. So yeah. it's like, you know, Seattle yeah. missed their opportunity of uh, trying to kind of honor their heritage. I have heard rumors that they're not going to do it until they win a cup. So we'll see. But um, hmm. for me, it's just both of these. I'm like, ah, I don't know. And going back to the thing you said, just those two expansion teams in the interclassic. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That to me is just like, I don't know. I It's kind of douchey to say, but it's just like a very purest form of point of view um, to want that. But. Overall, I think it'll be fun. It'll be a cool game. Um, I think it'll get a lot of eyes. Being, I think I don't even know if they play on November or January first anymore. I think they play on like the second because January first is all college football. So I think they moved it, but I don't know what it's going to be like this year. Yeah. But 
you're going to take it away now. We've got your way back Wednesday, which tonight's Monday, but I think I might put this episode out on Wednesday and do like spend time tomorrow editing it a little bit more. Um, yeah. So go ahead and take it away. I know you've got a really cool story. Yeah, 100%. So I just want to say shout out the GOAT, Wayne Gretzky, for this book. Mm-hmm. It's fucking unbelievable. 99. There's a lot of great stories in this. It just talks about hockey history, talks about Wayne Gretzky's career. Um, one story that stuck out to me, um, and I read it over COVID too, which was cool. And it was lockdown. I was just obsessed with this book, dude. It was so good. And um, it really does show what type of player Gretzky was. Gretzky's the fucking goat, dude. Like, I don't give a fuck what anyone says. Like, compared to a lot of the other goats in other sports, Gretzky is by far one of the most down-to-earth players that's been the best forever. But um, not only that, he dominated like no other when he was playing. Yeah. Um, versus, like, I feel like a lot of the time in other sports, there's player, players that were comparable. I mean, for Tom Brady, you know, there's always that Peyton Manning. Um so and even like michael jordan i feel like lebron is always compared to him now so i mean i do really think that there's i don't know if there's ever going to be an nhl player let alone a hockey player that even comes close to gretzky's records and his play but enough about gretzky um this story is about the story of ho hum and kim claxton um so this is an excellent story in this book that i found i can't find it anywhere on the internet um but talks about the 67 expansion this chapter did and there's a lot of um different teams and with the expansion rules back then these teams fucking sucked they sucked ass dude like they got just enforcers and shitty players um in the 1967 expansion these teams failed suffer like Mm. very very bad for years on end pittsburgh penguins were one of those teams um Mm. so they were they were not good they were filled with a lot of enforcers and just bad players overall. Um, I think this was Gretzky's first year, so he was a rookie at the time. Gretzky was, you know, this such a big stud in the the sport of hockey, let alone the NHL. Yeah. So um, he was a very valuable player on and off the ice, but especially on the ice. Um, so one of the players on the Penguins named Kim Claxon. He was five foot ten, one hundred ninety five pounds. Gretzky called him mean, but he looked like a choir boy, which I think was a great, hilarious quote yeah. from Gretzky. Um, what year was this? But he would always nineteen seventy nine to nineteen eighty. Okay. Um, so Gretzky, I guess, said he would always try to take runs at Gretzky. Um, wouldn't try to fight him, but it would always try mm-hmm. to hurt him, hit him hard, um, like a lot of enforcers back in the day. And I'd say, quote unquote, tough guys. Um, Claxton was only in the NHL for one season. I pulled up his hockey DB. Um, yeah, he literally he was in the WHA for four seasons and then was in the NHL for, uh, pardon me, two seasons, um, whopping eight points over like 100 and, 106 games with about 400 penalty minutes. So Damn. this guy, guy was a fucking goon, to say the least. Um, yeah. Either way, he did uh, always go to eat at this restaurant called Alexander Graham Bell's restaurant in pittsburgh um and there's this bar manager named ho-hum h-o-h-u-m he was a vietnamese immigrant and claxon got tickets for him to see his first hockey game against the oilers who they were playing against Mm -hmm. gretzky at the time so turns out comes to the night of the oilers playing the penguins at pittsburgh um ho-hum sat two 
uh, rows behind the Oilers bench. Just keep that in your back of your mind. Um, so it was mid-second period. Gretzky got high-sticked by Kim Claxon. Um, and Gretzky stayed on the ice for a little bit. He said he it hurt like a motherfucker, and he didn't get up for a second, so a lot of players thought he was injured. Back in the day, that was like a that was a not cool thing to do. Yeah. And, you know, there's going to be tough guys freaking the fuck out trying to fight you if that's going to happen. Yeah. Um. So actually two players came off of the Oilers bench to go and fight Claxon. One of them was famous tough guy, Dave Semenko. He was one of the toughest guys on the Oilers in the eighties um, was there for all of the championships. Um, so him and Claxon went on at it. They were just going at it. Huge fight. Um, very, very good fight is what Gretzky said about it. Um, the bench is cleared. So all, all the whole teams are fighting each other at this point. Which, yeah. You know, bench clearing fights are just like non-existent no more. Um, unless yeah, I yeah. think they still sort of are a thing in the ECHL and um, AHL. But, you know, back then they were happening in the NHL. Um, yeah. So there's bench clearing. The refs were bringing them to the box. They got them into the box. Then the refs go and tend to the other fights going on. Claxon gets out of the box, or pardon me, um, Semenko got out of the box and then went over to Claxon and started fighting him while he was in the box. So Semenko's on the ice and Claxon's in the box. They take it out. So there's basically three fights going on right now between these two guys. They fight again on the ice. So that's their third fight. The refs were like, you guys need to get the fuck back to the locker room. Yeah. Like, this is ridiculous. Basically ejected them. So Claxon and Semenko went back to the locker rooms. Claxon came back out with his helmet, tried to fight anyone in his sight. Um, ended up fighting, who was it? Uh, Dave Hunter, who was another big tough guy on the Oilers. So he was trying to fight anyone on the ice, ended up fight, fighting Dave Hunter. Meanwhile, the Oilers coach, Glenn Sather, was throwing water bottles at Claxon when he was coming out back onto the ice because he was ejected. Like, what the yeah. hell is this guy doing? Yeah. While this is all going on, a fan hopped over the boards, hopped over the glass with his keys in his hand like he was trying to stab Glenn Sather. Yeah. So Glenn Sather, the Oilers coach, is dodging these, like, yeah, know, these, these key punches from yeah. this fan. Who's the fan? The fucking Vietnamese immigrant, the guy... Ho-hum, bar manager, first NHL game, first hockey game ever. No um, way. He just jumped over yeah, the bench. Yeah, so he jumped over the benches, and yeah, Glenn Sather was throwing those water bottles. I guess Claxon came back with the water bottle and spraying it all over the Oilers coach. Eventually, <laughs> Ho-hum got arrested. Um, I don't know how that the game ended. Gretzky didn't yeah. mention that, but he did mention that Claxon went back two weeks after and went to the restaurant and was like hey man that was awesome what you did you want to come back to some more games i'll get you some more tickets <laughs> and he was just like no more hockey for me no yeah. more hockey for me so i just thought that was an excellent story gretzky yeah told that's funny. gretzky tells it a lot better in his in his book but um you know it's just things like that 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 make you know the history of hockey very interesting for me and how much the game has changed i mean yeah. how fast the game is and all the you know precautions and rules and regulations and suspensions and all that those yeah. weren't a thing back then so 
there's a lot of crazy ass gong shows let alone you know the expansion teams were just crazy compared to yeah um some of the other teams so yeah very very interesting story out of that book but yeah i just had to share that because that's definitely there's hundreds of good stories in that book made me learn a lot about hockey history but that was one that stuck out to me that I was like i yeah. gotta gotta tell the people yeah it. yeah no, that's cool um what, what was the name of that book 99 by Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, ninety nine. So yeah, basically yeah, just talks guys about listening. whole yeah. history of hockey and NHL, and talks a lot about Gretzky's career, which is very very yeah. interesting. Now, any hockey fan, if you guys need a book to read, that's definitely one to read. I need to read that. Um, there's a bunch of like that's probably the best one. Obviously, by Gretzky, it's going to be probably the better of anyone else. Um, I know I read yeah, Bobby Mr. Hockey's book. good. Yeah. yeah. Cordy Howe's book. Cordy yep. Howe's book is excellent. There's a lot of those. So. so if you guys are ever interested in that kind of stuff and like what we talk about, read those books. Um, I did have some stuff. So I wrote down, I always look at this like on this day in history kind of thing on the internet. And it goes to like, just like sports history in general. Um, so I found some stuff for today, which is the 27th. Um, actually kind of funny. Gordy Howe. So 1960. Gordy Howe hit 1,000 points on this day in 1960. A year later, 1961, November 27th, he hit 1,000 games. So it's kind of crazy that he hit 1,000 points one year on the same day, and then the next year he hit 1,000 games played. Um, so that was cool. And then also for tomorrow, for Tuesday, November 28th, back in 1975, Bobby Orr played his last game as a Bruin. So those are just some of the hockey ones I found for the next couple of days. I was going to – try to see if I can make a story out of it, but <clears throat> couldn't come up with anything. And there wasn't really anything good about the thousand points or anything like that. So, but Some that pretty, is pretty historic yeah. dates though in hockey yeah. history. To say oh, yeah. the least, so for sure. Especially that Gordie Howe, I mean him hitting a thousand points by the, which by the way was the first player to ever do that. No one had ever hit a thousand points prior to Gordie Howe. Um, and now we have, I don't know how many players are at a thousand points, but we've got a pretty big list of players that are now at a thousand points. So hockey's definitely Gordy coming along. It's only going to go. Gordy has such a legend, man. I'm going to be yeah. talking about him for some of these these history moments. Yeah. I, I love Gordy Howe, man. Such a fucking. Did baby. you? Do you have you heard? Do you listen to Theo Vaughn's podcast at all? Yeah, with Gretzky. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Also, yeah. Once you guys are done listening to ours, which we are at the end. Go listen to that one if you're a big hockey fan. The two minds of them, just like Theo Vaughn and Wayne Gretzky in the same room <laughs> together, is just like funny to me. Like Wayne Gretzky's very professional and well spoken, and then Theo's just kind of like randomly saying, <laughs> like it's just it's like he looks like Princess Diana. <laughs> yeah, yeah call him. <clears throat> like that. I'm sure people have seen clips about it, but if you do have time, go listen to that one as well. If you're a hockey fan, it's a great podcast. And just to hear Wayne's stories too. I mean, he's got a bunch of stories. Um, he tells them on TNT now too, which is awesome. Yeah, um, but yeah, definitely. read that book, listen to that podcast. And other than that, guys, um, I don't think we have anything else left for you guys other than a little announcement here. Um, so for settle down next week, oh, what's today? 27th. So next week on December, yeah, December 6th. So Wednesday, we're going to be going live with all of our boys, all the Settle Down boys. Going to get on a live stream. We're going to do like an award type show because we've hit one year um, since this has all started. That was our first show was a year ago. 
Um, obviously now it is what it is today, but we'll kind of go back and do some talking and remembering and stuff like that. Um, but it will be fun. So mark your calendars. It'll be on Instagram, but yeah, December 6th at around 8 PM mountain time. Not quite sure yet. Could be a little bit yeah, later. We'll, say, we'll say 8 PM to be safe. Yeah. For now. Um, but follow our Instagram if you aren't, cause you'll get updates there. Um, and yeah, other than that, thanks you guys for listening. Anything else you want to leave it off with Gally? Good luck to the planes tonight. Hopefully they take the yeah. dub against the Knights. Um, yeah. yeah, man. I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving and really excited yeah. for that uh, joint podcast next week. But uh, yeah, appreciate everyone that's listening to this. And um, yeah, I just feel like we're we're getting more of an, into a flow and learning lots each yeah. episode. So yep. bear with us a little bit. But um, yeah. yeah, I think, you know, we got uh, some two minds that are great to talk about hockey and yeah um yeah just thank you everyone out there so <laughs> yeah thanks for listening everyone uh it's been episode number eight we will catch you guys next week we'll probably be out around the same time maybe wednesday morning so we'll see you guys then peace later